3 a.m. Tales of Terror contains explicit content. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, and welcome to another episode of 3AM Tales of Terror, where we tell you stories of the paranormal. I'm Jamie. And I'm Kenny. And he cut me off. He cut me off like a bitch. We always do the intro. I'm Jamie. And I'm Kenny. (laughs) You're so mean. I'm honest. So, I decided to move the podcast to every other week for now, um, because I have... A crap ton of homework to do. Um, I'm tired from work all the time. <laughs> um, and tired. You don't do nothing. I know. I'm just tired. Um, but so, it, but it's not probably going to be permanent. Probably until we just move into the new house. I'm thinking. Maybe. I'm hoping. Which probably. will be just. Hopefully, will be like August, maybe September. Anyways, so it won't be permanent just for now to give me some time to uh, get my scheduling um, pro- um, straightened out because I, I just, I, I'm bad at scheduling and figuring things out. you got so. the ADHD. Mm-hmm, yeah. Also, we're recording this on uh, Father's Day, so if there's any fathers that listen to this, happy Father's Day, even though you'll be hearing it tomorrow, it's fine. Still. Happy belated ever and also just so you know we count um for babies as well so if you are a father to an animal like kenny is then um you can i mean happy father's day to you i'm so sorry that eli is distracting me because he is licking his paws so loud and it is very obnoxious so anyways we're gonna get started don't tear up my chair annihilated oh my god anyways we're gonna be doing the mammoth cave like, uh, I told you guys. <laughs> yeah, I saw a short video about this, and I was like, this is neat. This yeah. is super neat. Yeah. So, there's a lot of history that I added in here because I feel like it was important. And some of the history kind of is just really cool. I don't know. And it dates back, like, super far. So, um, anyways, Mammoth Cave is a nat- is a national park, by the way, too. It's So, it, it's a cave, but it's also a park anyways we're gonna get into that so mammoth cave national park is a national park in south central kentucky encompassing portions of mammoth cave the longest cave system known in the world the park's 52,830 acres are located primarily in edmondson county with small areas extending eastward into hart and bearing counties the green river runs through the park with a tributary called the Nolan River feeding into the Green just inside the park. The cave system has formerly been known as Mammoth Flint Ridge Cave System since 1972 when a connection was discovered between Mammoth Cave and the even longer system under Flint Ridge to the north. As of 2022, more than 426 miles of passageways have been surveyed, over 1.5 times longer than the second largest cave system, Mexico's Sac Acton Underwater Cave. 
The park was established as a national park on July 1st, 1941, after oft-contentious eminent domain proceedings whose consequences still affect the region. It was named a World Heritage Site on October 27, 1981, an International Biosphere Reserve on September 26, 1990, and an International Dark Sky Park on October 28, 2021. The purpose of, Ma- of Mammoth Cave National Park is to preserve, protect, interpret, and study the internationally recognized biological and geological and geologic features and processes associated with the longest known cave system in the world. The park's diverse forested, karst landscape, the Green and Nolan Rivers, and extensive evidence of human history, and to provide and promote public enjoyment, recreation, and understanding. Did you see pictures of this cave? No, I did not. Look it up. Dude, it's huge. You could fit you could fit a city in it, oh in God. a certain section of it. Well, I hope I would be able to fit a city in, like... No, 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 no. Like, the openings, you could fit... I don't know if it goes into it in this. I don't know. But you could fit, like, six and seven-story tall buildings. I'm not sure. And we talk about the prehistory, and then we talk about the earliest written history, and then we also talk about the 19th century, and then we go into the Kentucky Cave Wars a little bit, and then, then we hop into the haunted history. So... And I wouldn't really say it's haunted history. I would more so say it's just paranormal and like it's paranormal. sketchy. A lot of people think that like the cryptids, like your your Appalachian big big uh, Bigfoot is yeah. in here a lot too. So, but I know a lot of you guys like that we talk about the history and stuff. And I just thought that the history of this cave was really cool. So I wanted to make sure that I got as much. No, we didn't. Oh my gosh! So they're rappelling down that section. Good lord. Mm-mm, that is the last thing. I'm not a big cave person. I've been in a few caves. That's people in a boat in the river. Oh my gosh. In the cave system. I've been in um, Linville Caverns, which is very small. I went to the one, the, the cave system we have here in North Carolina. I don't remember. Linville? Is that what it's called? I mean, I don't know if there's another one, but Linville. It's in Banner Elk. It's where I went to school. Boone's Cave? What? Boone? No, maybe. I don't. It was a gold mine. Oh, well, there's probably a different one. There, I think there's there might be one near Grandfather Mountain. I don't know. I don't know, man. I barely live here. Oh, my God. So. <clears throat> All right, let's talk about the prehistory. Yes. And also the fishing. We get into that a little bit. And then we talk about a fish that was caught down there, too. That was pretty big. Neat. So. And fun fact, I don't know if it talks, tells you about this, but a lot of the fish in caves, in case you don't know, are probably blind because of no light. And, like, Linville Cavern has um, a bunch of fish in there. And you need them for certain crafting supplies and video games. Oh, my God. But they're all blind because they've been in the dark for so long. Yeah, kind of like the cows under Baptist Hospital. The what? Oh, you don't know that story? No. So, at Baptist, I think it's Baptist Hospital, where they grow organs for people, like your melody valve and stuff like that. Yes. They keep cows. Yeah, because my melody valve is from a cow. Completely in the dark under the hospital. That's so wrong. They don't have eyes. They're blind. That's so sad. And they have... I don't think that's true. I don't believe you. That's animal abuse. No, because they've always lived like that. They've always lived like that. Why? I don't know. Hold on. Do they have pigs too? I don't know. Because I had the Hancock valve, which is from a pig. But now I have the melody valve. And in case you guys are wondering, just... 
uh, I was born without my pulmonary valve, so I have pulmonary atresia. I've had four open heart surgeries. I've had a fifth cath replace cath valve replacement, which is what I've had my melody valve now, which is how I got my melody valve now at 16. Um, so yeah, in case I ever talk about that, that is what I'm talking about. I'm talking about my artificial valve that I have. So don't worry. I'm fine. Don't just, it's fine. It's not a big deal. Dude, where is it at? Oh I'm, my God. See, I, I just, this I is why I don't believe you. I don't believe anything that you say. It's a reliable source. Is it? Yeah. Who? Chris. Who? Best. He worked maintenance. He had to go down there. He had to wear night vision goggles. You want to count him as a reliable source? I do. I do. I don't think he'd lie about somebody's eyes. Oh my God. Probably just a really well-kept secret. Anyway. It's fine. I know it's true. Whatever. The story of human beings in relation to Mammoth Cave spans 5,000 years. Several sets of Native American remains have been recovered from Mammoth Cave or other nearby caves in the region in both the 19th and 20th centuries. Most mummies found represent examples of intentional burial with ample evidence of pre-Columbian funeral funerary practice. You gave me, you gave me tough words. <laughs> An exception to purposeful bury, burial was discovered when in 1935 the remains of an adult male were discovered under a large boulder. The boulder had shifted and settled onto the victim, a pre-Columbian miner, who had disturbed the rubble supporting it. The remains of the ancient victim were named Lost John, and exhibited to the public in the 1970s, when they were interred in a secret location in Mammoth Cave for reasons of preservation as well as emerging political sensitivities with respect to the public display of Native American remains. Research beginning in the late 1950s, led by Patty Jo Watson, that sounds like a fake name. <laughs> that sounds like a Southern insult. You'd let any old Patty Jo Watson in here, wouldn't you? Oh my God. <laughs> of Washington University in St. Louis, has done much to illuminate the lives of late archaic and early woodland peoples who explored and exploited caves in the region. Preserved by the constant cave environment, dietary evidence yielded carbon dates enabling Watson and others to determine the age of the specimens. An analysis of their content, also pioneered by Watson, allows determination of the relative content of plant and meat in the diet of either culture over a period spanning several thousand years. This analysis indicates a timed transition from a hunter-gatherer culture to plant domestication and agriculture. Ancient human remains and artifacts within the cave are protected by various federal and state laws. One of the most basic facts to be determined by a newly discovered artifact is its precise location and situation. Even slightly moving a prehistoric artifact contaminates it from a research perspective. Explorers are properly trained not to disturb archaeological evidence, and some areas of the cave remain out of bounds for even seasoned explorers, unless the subject of the trip is an archaeological research in that area. Besides the remains that have been discovered in the portion of the caves accessible through the historic entrance of Mammoth Cave, the remains of cane torches used by Native Americans, as well as other artifacts such as drawings, gourd fragments, and woven grass moccasin slippers are found in the, salt, in the Salt's Cave section of the system in Flint Ridge. Though there is undeniable proof of their existence and use of the cave, there is no evidence of further use past the Archaic period. Experts and scientists have no answers as to why this is, making it one of the greatest mysteries of Mammoth Cave to this day. Dun-dun. So, now, well, I think it's cool that they're, they're like, no, you can't go here to explore, but like, and then it, but then you're like, oh, well, it's for archaeological research. It's like, I guess you probably have to prove credentials and stuff. 
to probably, probably have their own teams that they send out. Right. Would be my, my guess. Right. Okay, so now we're going to hop into the earliest written history of this of the cave. The 31,000-acre tract known as the Pollard Survey was sold by Indenture on September 10, 1791 in Philadelphia by William Pollard. 19,897 acres of the Pollard Survey between the north bank of Bacon Creek and the Green River were purchased by Thomas Lang, Jr., a British-American merchant from Yorkshire, England, on June 3, 1796, for 4,116 pounds. The land was lost to a local county tax claim during the War of 1812. Legend has it that the first European to visit Mammoth Cave was either John Hoochin or his brother Francis Hoochin in 1797. While hunting, Hoochin pursued a wounded bear to the cave's large entrance opening near the Green River. Some Hoochin family tales have John Decatur, or Johnny Dick Hoochin, as the discoverer of the cave, but this is highly unlikely because Johnny Dick was only 10 years old in 1797 and was unlikely to be out hunting bears at such an age. His father, John, is the more likely candidate from that branch of the family tree, but the most probable candidate for discoverer of Mammoth Cave is Francis Frank Hoochin, whose land was much closer to the cave entrance than his brother John's. There is also the argument that their brother Charles Hoochin, who was a known who was known as a great hunter and trapper, was the man's what? Great hunter. <laughs> was the man who shot that bear and chased it into the cave. The shadow over Charles's claim is the fact that he was residing into he was residing in Illinois until eighteen oh one. Contrary to the story is Brucker and Watson's longest, The Longest Cave, which asserts that the cave was, quote, certainly known before that time. Caves in the area were known before the discovery of the entrance to Mammoth Cave. Even Francis Hoochin had a cave entrance on his land very near the bend in the Green River known as the Turnhole, which is less than a mile from the main entrance of Mammoth Cave. The land containing this historic entrance was surveyed first and registered in 1798 under the name of Valentine Simons. Simons began exploiting Mammoth Cave for its saltpeter reserves. According to family records passed down through the Hoochin and later Henderson families, John Hoochin was bear hunting and the bear turned and began to chase him. He found the cave entrance when he ran into the cave for protection from charging from the charging bear. Yeah, because that's how bears work. They're like, you know what? In close space, not for me. I know. They don't like hibernate in caves or anything. I know. Let's run into a cave. <laughs> Sounds like some bullshit white people stories. I know. So my ten-year-old son hunting a bear. So I guess that was pretty much about like who discovered the cave, and um, my guess I would probably say Frank. I don't know. It seems like you mean discovered it for Dis- the settlers. I guess because obviously the Native Americans had used it, right? So I who knows? I mean, Christopher Columbus discovered America. He's also a no, 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 he did not. I know he didn't. I know he didn't. We need to get rid of that man's holiday. He's a I dick. know, I know. So I'm. I don't know. I mean, it could have. I mean, it could have been Native Americans. I don't know, but like, 
it according to this they they I guess since John Hoochin was too young Francis Hoochin has I guess a better story to um and then one discovering person is it. geologically closer I guess and, yeah Charles we need to change Christopher Columbus Day to Leif Erikson Day oh my god <laughs> oh my gosh why because the Vikings were the first people to discover North America mm, I thought. <laughs> No, not the SpongeBob episode. No. <laughs> oh, Happy Lee Ferrickson Day. Vikings discovered Iceland. They then discovered Greenland. Mm-hmm. They wanted to swap the names to uh-huh. mess with the English. Uh-huh. So when when the English heard about it, like, hey, we're going to Greenland because Iceland's probably cold. When Greenland is the cold one, that's, and Iceland that's is nothing, not right. So then. They came to North America. They realized how beautiful it was and realized that there were people here. They had nothing to gain from the Native Americans. Mm-hmm. Nothing. They didn't have gold. They didn't have silver, money, anything that the, the Norsemen didn't have already. Mm-hmm. And they went, all right, we don't need anything here. We're not going to fuck with them. We have nothing to gain. Right. And they left. Oh, my gosh. And Christopher Columbus, stumbling idiot. Well, I'm going to go find India. Landed on... Freaking! <laughs> on North American went, y'all Indians. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. The only captain he was was Captain Dumbass. <laughs> well, he did have sex with goats and got chlamydia or okay, he gonorrhea. Al- he also which lied. one is syphilis. He also lied to the Native American <laughs> I don't people. Know what it was? Because he didn't have enough supplies to get back because his math was wrong. Like I know. It always was. He's retarded. And then he lied to them because he knew how astrology worked from, you know, being able to mm-hmm. cross the ocean and shit. And told them, hey, you know, I think it was like a, a solar eclipse or a blood moon. I think it was a blood moon was going to happen. Mm-hmm. And he's like, if you don't give me all your supplies so I can travel, a blood moon's going to happen because my God's greater than yours. And then, you know, a blood moon happened. They freaked out, gave him food, and then... I think either the tribe was wiped out or um, probably had to end up moving or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Christopher Columbus, dick. We know. So anyway, that's my Columbus rant. So now you can talk about the 19th century for the Mammoth Cave. Yes, I can. The story that we're actually doing. (laughs) I'll quit. (laughs) My hand to God, I will quit. In partnership with Valentine Simon, various other individuals would own the land through the War of 1812. When Mammoth Cave's saltpeter reserves became, a, became significant due to the Jefferson Embargo Act of 1807, which prohibited all foreign trade, the blockade starved the American military of saltpeter and therefore gunpowder. As a result, the domestic price of saltpeter rose, and production based on nitrates extracted from caves such as Mammoth Cave became more lucrative. In July 1812, the cave was purchased from Simon and other owners by Charles Wilkins, and an investor from Philly named Hyman Gratz. Be a good gamer tag. <clears throat> Soon the cave was being mined for calcium nitrate on an industrial scale, utilizing a labor force of 70 slaves to build and operate the soil leaching apparatus, as well as to haul the raw soil from deep in the cave to the central processing site. A half interest in the cave changed hands for $10,000 equivalent to over $150,000 in 2020. After the war, when prices fell, the workers were abandoned and it became a minor tourist attraction centering on Native American mummy discovery nearby. 
When Wilkins died, his estate executors sold his interest in the cave to Gratz. In the spring of 1838, the cave was sold by the Gratz brothers to Franklin Gorin, who intended to operate Mammoth Cave purely as a tourist attraction, the bottom long having since fallen out of the saltpeter market. Gorin was a slave owner, and he used his slaves as tour guides. Stephen Bishop was one of the slaves and would make a number of important contributions to human knowledge of the cave, becoming one of Mammoth Cave's most celebrated historical figures. Stephen Bishop, an African-American slave and a guide to the cave during the 1840s and 50s, was one of the first people to make an extensive map of the cave and named many of the, uh, many of the cave's features. Stephen Bishop was introduced to Mammoth Cave in 1838 by Franklin Gorin. Gorin wrote, after Bishop's death, I placed a guide in the cave, the celebrated and great Stephen, and he aided in making it the discoveries. He was the first person who ever crossed the bottomless pit, and he, myself, and other person whose name I have forgotten were the only persons ever at the bottom of Gorin's dome to my knowledge. After Stephen crossed the bottomless pit, we discovered all that part of the cave now known beyond that point. Previous to those discoveries, all interests centered in what is known as the Old Cave. But now many of the points are but little known, although, as Stephen was wont to say, they were grand, gloomy, and peculiar. That's cool that... I thought it was cool that he um, was able to make a map of it and then name some of the features, even though... And the fact that the owner wasn't a dick and was like, no, we're not doing that. Right. He's like, hey, man, good work. Right, right, right. I thought that was really neat. In 1839, Dr. John Krogan of Louisville, Kentucky, who suffered from tuberculosis, purchased the Mammoth Cave property for $10,000. At a time when when minimal medical knowledge of or treatments existed for the White Plague, a leading cause of death in the 19th and early 20th centuries, Dr. Krogan was interested in the cave as, in part as a possible sanitarium. Visitors and miners had reporting feeling distinctly well after spending time in the cave, and Horace Carter Hovey wrote that the air is slightly exhilarating and sustains one in a ramble of five or ten hours so that at its end he is hardly sensible of fatigue. Further, having observed that Timber and animals did not decay within the cave. Dr. Krogan hoped the environment would be restorative and therapeutic for tuberculosis patients and subsequently established an experimental hospital treatment facility within the cave. Believing the uniform temperature and humidity held curative properties, Dr. Krogan invited 16 patients under his care to take up residence in the cave in the winter of 1842. Patients resided within a series of two buildings constructed by enslaved individuals, including two stone cabins and eight simple wooden structures measuring 12 by 18 feet with tongue and groove flooring and canvas roofs. Away from the rhythms of natural light, patients synced their watches with the outside world and managed their daily underground routines accordingly. Living within the cave, patients initially seemed to improve, and Dr. Krogan enthusiastically began to draw up plans for a hotel to be established within the cave to house the anticipated masses that would flock to the cave for healing. However, as winter progressed, it became clear that the dank, dark conditions worsened the patient's symptoms. Smoke and ash from lard oil lanterns and a large fire used to light the cave continuously filled the chambers with the dampness of air, further degraded damaged lungs. 
Cedar trees and bushes brought in to lighten the atmosphere quickly withered. While some cooking was completed within the cave, other meals were prepared off-site by enslaved individuals and brought into the cave. A server named Alfred noted, I used to stand on that rock and blow the horn to call them to dinner. There were 15 of them, and they looked more like a company of skeletons than anything else. In 1866, the first photos from within the Mammoth Cave were taken by Charles Waldack, a photographer from Cincinnati, Ohio, using a very dangerous method of flash photography called magnesium flash photography. Throughout the 19th century, the fame of Mammoth Cave would grow so that the cave became an international sensation. At the same time, the cave attracted the attention of 19th century writers such as Robert Montgomery Byrd, the Reverend Robert Davidson, and Reverend the Reverend Horace Martin, Alexander Clark Bullitt, Nathaniel Parker Willis, who visited in June 1852, Bayard Taylor in May of 1855, William Stump For- Forwood in spring of 1867, the naturalist John Muir, early September 1867, and, and the, the Reverend Horace Carter Hovey and others. As a result of the growing renown of Mammoth Cave, the cave boasted famous visitors such as actor Edwin Booth, his brother John Wilkes Booth assassinated Abraham Lincoln in 1865, singer Je- Stop it. Singer Jenny Lind, who visited the cave on April 5th, 1851, and violinist Old Bull, who together gave a concert in one of the caves. Two chambers in the caves have since been known as Booth's Atmosphere and Old Bull's Concert Hall. I'd just be careful of the Booth Theater. The what? The Booth Concert Hall. I'd be careful in there. What? It's probably a mind-blowing experience. Stop it. What I really wanted to talk about was the tuberculosis cave. or the, Well, that's what they called it. So, like, when I was researching it, they, they, they called it the tuberculosis cave. And... I had to actually like dig for a website to find more about it because I thought that that was really interesting. I thought that he was probably a little crazy to think that a cave could heal tuberculosis of, you know, a lung disease. But. (laughs) Well, what it probably was is in the air, all the minerals and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. I'm sure that it did make them feel better. Like a natural hot spring. It's good. But small doses. Exactly. And then they didn't have electricity. So they were burning all the fires. You're in a cave. And you're breathing in all of that wood and ash and... And now it's wet. And and it's wet and your lungs are just like... Your lungs are already damaged from the TB. So then you're just like... It just keeps getting worse. And then I can only imagine that photographer and he's like... They just looked like skeletons more than anything. I mean, yeah, they probably did because... I mean, like a hotel would be cool. Like, hey, the longest you can stay here is two days. Right. I think it would have been cool if it was more modern. Say that it was more modern, right? And they were like, hey, this cave has healing properties. Let's put a hot spring in it. So it's like, okay, here's the hotel on the outside of the cave that you can stay in. And you go in here and you have like a lot of times yeah, like a six of how day, long. Like a, like a four to six hour adventure right, or whatever. That you can go into the cave and explore and also sit in the hot spring and you can come out and you can feel better. Know, sleeping in the cave would be kind of tight. I just think that's dangerous. <laughs> There's no hot springs there. No, I know that. I'm just saying it. They should have added one. They could have added one in the ca- like a natural, but it wouldn't have been natural because they would have made. You just it. said add a natural hot spring. 
I, I, I just also said that it wouldn't have been natural. Because you know what else isn't natural? <laughs> what? Your stupidity. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Add a natural hot spring. <laughs> just read about the Kentucky Cave Wars and shut the fuck up. <laughs> the Kentucky Cave Wars. The difficulties of farming life in the hard scrabble poor soil of the cave country influenced local owners of smaller nearby caves to see opportunities for commercial exploit ex- exploitation. Not, yeah. a, not exploration. Particularly given the success of Mammoth Cave as a tourist attraction, the Kentucky Cave Wars was a period of bitter competition between local cave owners for tourist money. Broad tactics of deception were used to lure visitors away from their intended destination to other private show caves. Misleading signs were placed along the roads leading to Mammoth Cave. A typical strategy during the early days of automobile travel involved representatives known as capers. Cappers. I'm I'm illiterate. (laughs) Known as cappers of other private show caves hopping aboard a tourist car's running board and leading the passengers to believe that Mammoth Cave was closed, quarantined, caved in, or otherwise inaccessible. In 1906, Mammoth Cave became accessible by steamboat with the construction of a lock and dam at Brandsville, Kentucky. It's Brownsville, Kentucky. What'd I say? Brandsville. That's wrong. I don't know. I said Brownsville. I don't know what Brandsville is, but it's Brownsville. Anyways. I think I'm stuck on the natural hot spring being added. <laughs> You just can't read. I thought that was so funny to add that in about the cave wars. And they're like, I can just picture them like putting up signs. It's like, no, go this way. No, come this way. <laughs> yeah, you're driving and you're like, God darn, Lucille. We're going to see the mammoth cave. Homeboy jumps on your car. Hey, man. Thousand slaughtered. Dead. <laughs> Don't go to that cave. Come over here. Oh, my God. We got this nice cave. <laughs> so now we're going to get into some of the ghost history, supernatural, paranormal, that history. So, Mammoth Cave is a natural wonder, the largest known cave system in the world that draws hundreds of thousands of vid- visitors each year. It is a place full of history, from mummified ancient remains to the remnants of a tuberculosis sanatorium. It is also, by some accounts, a place brimming with mysteries, ghosts, and even a sea monster. Sea natural hot spring. They should have put one in. It's a sea monster, not hot spring monster. <laughs> they could have been. It can be hot spring from the sea, seawater. Break it down. I can't. <laughs> Break it down. I can't. Name one hot spring at the ocean. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> because a spring is not salinated. It's not what? Salinated. Salinated. I don't even know what that fucking word means. It's not salty. (laughs) I don't think that's a word. Yeah. Salinated water and desalinated water. I don't... That doesn't sound like a real word. Anyways, decades... (laughs) S-A-L-I-N-E. No, S-A-L-I-N-A-T-E-D. Salinated. Why don't you just say like salted and desalted? Because it's not just salt and ocean water. (laughs) Well, if it's... What? Huh? <laughs> Just, anyways, decades before... No, we're breaking... The- <laughs> oh, my God. I don't know what you're talking... To salinate something means to add salt. But you don't add salt to the, to the ocean. There's already salt in it. 
Who added salt to the ocean? God. So that only God can desalinate it or whatever the fuck. No, no, we can. We figured it out. No, nope. That don't sound right. Didn't type that in. Oh, I don't like your reasoning. I'm not okay with it. I know Keek doesn't give a fuck because he's sleeping. He's taking a nap. I don't. Yeah, the salinity. Salinity. Of the ocean. Is what? What is the salinity of the ocean? 4%. There's 4. 4% of the ocean is salty. Correct. No, 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 no. You took a hundred <laughs> gallons out. If you took a hundred gallons out of ocean water, yes, and you broke it down, four pounds of that hundred pounds would be pure salt. Four pounds. It's four percent. That's not a lot of salt. That's a lot of salt. Not for water, though. Yeah, yeah, it is. You know what? I don't swim in the ocean, so. Because the Dead Sea isn't too much higher than that. Oh my God, here we go. The Dead Sea. I've been there. Me, 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 me. Saltiest water on the earth is 30%. Really? I thought the saltiest water on the earth was in your fucking blood. Anyways. Why would I have water in my blood? I don't know. You can't even insult correctly. <laughs> in, in your body. That's the saltiest water is the water that's in your body. That's the most salinated water. Salinated. Salinated. Are you having a stroke? <laughs> I might. Oh, no. Adding natural hot springs. <laughs> the ocean can't be... <laughs> Desalinated. Can't be salinated because it's already salty. Yeah. Who put water in the salt? I mean, <laughs> who put salt in the water? Fuck. The <laughs> every rocks, time I look at the you, bottom. Every time I look at you and I talk, I get more retarded. So anyways... <laughs> who put... You can't be more than 100% retarded, Jamie. <laughs> Who put salt in the ocean? Who? The rocks. It depends on what religion you believe in. Could be Poseidon. Could be Odin. Okay. No, Odin wouldn't have done that because Midgard was already here. Maybe Jormungandr? Sure. The world serpent? He might have done that. Well, maybe only they can take the salt out of the water. Well, here you are. (laughs) A little bit of salt's left. Are you going to read? <laughs> are you going to let me or are you going to bitch at me about selenonated water? You keep saying stupid shit. <laughs> you keep saying stupid shit. What? What am I saying? I don't know. <laughs> Whew. Decades before Mammoth Cave became a national park in 1941, stories of the supernatural were part of the area's lore. While the site has been reported by some to have had some sort of spiritual or supernatural significance for the region's Native Americans, there is no historical documentation of that claim. But what is clear is that Mammoth Cave is a place full of wonders, history, and tales of the supernatural. In the late 1800s, newspapers across the country often repeated the tale of a noted ghost at Mammoth Cave. The story goes that one of the cave's most adventurous explorers and first tour guides was a former slave named Old Lewis. When he died, he was buried in one of the area's church graveyards. But the proprietor of the local hotel decided to dig up Old Lewis and place his remains under a monument at the entrance to the cave as a sort of tourist attraction. That's fucked up. Yeah. I mean, I I get... I, I, I no. get why they would want to do it, but no, like... you don't know. But you don't mess with people like that. He got buried in a church graveyard. You're like, you know what? We need a tourist traction. So we're going to dig up 
this poor man. Oh yeah. And put his body under a monument so you can be like, there's a dead guy under that. Visitors subsequently reported sightings of a ghostly apparition around the cave. One man even reportedly emptied his revolver into the specter with no impact. Same. (laughs) Fucking same. (laughs) Finally, when old Lewis's remains were returned to the graveyard, the sighting stopped. So I guess somebody went... Maybe we should put him back. Yeah. On today's episode of How Fucked Up is Fucked Up, we moved a dead guy's body and now we have ghosts. (laughs) Oh, God. So what we learn. (laughs) The ghost stories and other tales of the supernatural related to Mammoth Cave have never abdated. Abated. Abdated. Salinated. I did add like three Ds to that, didn't I? Are you having a stroke? I don't smell toast, so I think I think we're fine. Charles Hanyon, a park guide for decades, has always had an interest in the unusual aspects of Mammoth Cave. In 1996, he co-authored a book called Scary Stories of Mammoth Cave. While some of the supernatural stories related to the area are tongue-in-cheek, others are reported as history. One such well-known account regards an early guide in the cave whose lantern went out. In the darkness, he saw two red glowing eyes. They turned out to be two old grease lamps, Hanyon said. It's not uncommon for cave visitors to show Hanyon pictures taken on cell phones showing what they perceive to be apparitions. Many of the supernatural stories regarding the cave have to do with the unusual sound and lights. Perhaps the most famous of Mammoth Cave's reputed ghost is that of its most famed modern explorer, Floor... Floored. (laughs) Oh, Floyd. <laughs> Floyd Collins. Jesus Christ. Collins, a local to the area, discovered Crystal Cave in 1917. In 1925, he was exploring nearby Sand Cave. While shimmying through a narrow opening, a large rock fell on his leg, pinning him to the small tunnel. Pinning him in the small tunnel. The efforts to free Collins made national headlines, but they were unsuccessful, and Collins was found dead after having been trapped for two weeks. His body was displayed at various locations as a gruesome tourist attraction until he was interred at his current spot in the Mammoth Cave Baptist Church Cemetery. Collins is... <laughs> there's, a, there's, a, there's a theme going on here. <laughs> Mammoth Cave, display the body. Collins's ghost has been reported in not only the cave system, but at his current gravesite, the old wooden Mammoth Cave Baptist Church building, now part of the National Park, is also the site of alleged paranormal activity with reports of mysterious lights in the windows. I why are I, they draping and displaying these people's bodies, man? <laughs> this motherfucker spent two weeks pinned under a rock, so you know what? We're gonna show him off. Instead of just like getting like at multiple get, locations, that means they moved his body. Well, they moved old Lewis too. It's <laughs> just it's the theme. Like, it's no wonder these people are haunting this cave. It's like stop putting them on display. It's that it's that meme of everybody in the office <laughs> building, and he's like, "All right, what do we do with these dead bodies?" One's like. Let's move the body under a statue. The second one is like, hey, let's display it and move it to other locations. And then you got the one guy. It's like, let's let these souls rest and not move the bodies. And he gets thrown out the window. I know. <laughs> no, damn it. We're displaying the bodies. Oh, my God. Hanyon had his own Collins-related experience. 
He said it was common for tour guides to ask Floyd to come along with you when exploring areas related to the explorer in the tradition that his spirit still lurked in the cave shadows. On one such occasion, the group's lanterns, cameras, and flashlights all mysteriously quit working, only to all start working again upon leaving the chamber, Hanyan said. Hanyan also had an unusual experience while leading a tour in a cave chamber called The Big Chief with another guide. The chamber features a large rock upon which it was common for guides to throw a torch to illuminate the room during tours. On one such occasion, a visitor asked Hanyan who was standing on the rock. Hanyan assumed it was his fellow tour guide, only to see him standing at the back of the cave. On another tour, Hanyan saw the apparition himself. I could make out a figure. It was not a shadow, he said. The figure appeared to be wearing a distinct hat. It was only much later that he discovered that old tour guides commonly wore a slouched hat during tours. There has been several other instances of people seeing a figure on that rock, Hanyan says. So, after Collins, the most well-known cave spirit is that of a woman named Melissa, whose story dates to the 19th century. Melissa! (laughs) Melissa, according to the legend, was in love with her tutor. The tutor, however, was in love with another woman. In a fit of jealousy, Melissa led the tutor deep into the cave and left him to die there. (laughs) My God. Now, the spirit of Melissa haunts the cave as she searches for her lost love. Bitch, you brought him in there. This don't make no sense. Like, while Melissa is often touted as a real cave spirit, the entire original story was a piece of fiction published in 1858 in a New York newspaper. Poorly. Yeah. If anything, his spirit would be there. Right. That's probably what they meant, and then they were just like... Yeah, fuck it. Half these people can't read anyway. It's fine. (laughs) There definitely were, however, many deaths and burials in the cave, as we have previously learned. A major draw for early tourists were the various preserved remains found in Mammoth Cave. Nitrates in the soil and the dry conditions led to the discovery of several bodies that were described as mummies. Some were displayed in the cave, while others were purchased and put on display in other parts of the country. Above ground, the Mammoth Cave area has also been reported to be the home of a few mysterious creatures. Recurring theme. Newspaper reports from the 1940s recounted people seeing a monster in the Green River near Mammoth Cave, especially around Hutchins Ferry. Hutchins Ferry. The creature was reported to be up to 300 pounds and perhaps 12 feet long. The Green River is known to harbor some large catfish, but the biggest catfish ever caught in the water, according to the State Department of Fish and Wildlife Resources, was a measly, 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 97 pounder caught in 1956. That's a big ass fucking catfish. Have you seen? I'm so fucking scared to go to Louisiana. I think it's in Louisiana where like the uh, the big fucking catfish are. Yeah, those are the ones that are like 97, 150, 200 pounds. They're so scary. The ones that people like, don't people noodle for those? Yeah. Fuck that. I'd I'm, go noodling one time. Dude. I would Tight. never, ever put my hand in a fish's mouth. You just got to be careful because you might drown. You stick it in their in No, because catfish will sting you with their... Yeah, what they're doing is they think your arm is a giant worm. You're sticking your hand in their spawn. Now, I weigh 285. I'm very broad-shouldered. I'm a big boy, right? Right. You get a 250-pound catfish on the other end of that, he could pull my ass under and drown me to death. I wonder what the biggest catfish that has ever been found down there was. Because I know they're in Louisiana because they're in, like, the deep swamps and stuff. 
Stand by. We have other than like the gators and shit. But like I'm talking like I, I I know if anybody is from the south that listens here, I know you know what I'm talking about. They're very large and they're very terrifying. I never want to see one in real life, like ever. But I would <laughs> I would like to go deep sea fishing, even though I can't stand to be on a boat. I would love to go deep sea fishing and catch like a blue marlin or a tuna. One hundred and fourteen pounds. What does it look like? Do you have a picture? 114 pounds. So you're a little over-exaggerative on the 250 pounds. You're talking about Louisiana. I know. Uh-uh. That thing looks... Mm-mm. That is... It was five foot four inches long. That's taller T- than me. Correct. That's three inches taller than me. And a, a little white kid got it out. That's what I'm saying. A 250-pound catfish could drown me with ease. So, and by 150-pound... I feel like a 250 pound catfish is just a fucking fat fish. Because they've caught them. Just not in Louisiana. Yeah. Eight and a half feet long. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. That, mm-mm. That's the catfish world record. That looks like oh, the so stuff sorry. of... That na- was the biggest one ever noodled for, was 250 pounds. The largest, noodled? The largest one ever caught was 646 pounds in Thailand. Thailand. Well, what does he look like? He's a big boy. He's a big boy. Let's see. Let me see. Let me see him. Hold on. Damn it. It's like the stuff that you would imagine finding like deep in the deep sea. Like the scary shit. That's what it looks like to me. Hold on. I can't see. Nine and a half feet long. Nine and a half feet long. 9.4 if you want to get technical. Ew. What? what? Oh my God. Oh God. Mouth so big could fit a human in it. Mm-mm. I do not like that at all. You exaggerated with the 250 pound catfish. Well, I didn't know that. I just knew there were catfish. There were big catfish in Louisiana, and they're very scary, and I don't like them. I don't like catfish in general. Yeah, the only way that they can kill you is, yeah, they'll poke you with their whiskers. The bigger ones could probably impale you and kill you. I've been stung by catfish whiskers. That's why I don't it's, like it's them. It's the drowning you have to worry about. Mm-hmm. Especially in that nice mud water where catfish love to live. Mm-hmm. Because it's cool. Okay. What was I talking about again? Okay. One witness told the Louisville Courier Journal in 1941 that the creature had great big fish eyes that scare a fella just to look at. Edmondson County Judge told the paper that year that when the creature jumps out of the water, the resulting waves were 200 feet high. And as for his plans to catch the creature, I have a steel cable and a hook fashioned out of an iron bar. For bait, I'm going to use a hogshead. And if that doesn't work, I will use a big groundhog. Pork is entirely too expensive to use a common hog, said Saunders, who apparently was unsuccessful in his quest to catch the creature. But the Green River Beast was again reportedly sighted in 1959. Witness Arnold Clark told the Daily News the creature was, as long as a Joe boat, it disappeared in the water when I opened the door to my car. Another large mystery figure has been reported on the land surrounding Mammoth Cave. Hunters of Bigfoot have been looking for the elusive creature in the woods around Mammoth Cave for years. One Bigfoot hunter in 2014 told a Daily News reporter he had a group of Girl Scouts. He and a group of Girl Scouts had recently seen and heard a large creature jump onto a raised walkway. The group quickly retreated. An alleged Bigfoot encounter at the park also made national headlines more recently. In 2019, a pair of Western Kentucky University students were camping at the park one night when a man approached them and claimed that something had wrecked his campsite. 
Minutes later, the man shot a gun into the woods at what he said was a Bigfoot charging at him. The students, who quickly left the park, said that they didn't see anything in the direction that the man was shooting. Hanyan said Bigfoot sightings seem to peak when interest in the alleged creature is the highest. Bigfoot has its moments at such times, he said. Bigfoot don't charge people. <laughs> they out there doing psychedelic mushrooms. I know. <laughs> Mammoth Cave, of course, has awe-inspiring wonders that fall into the realm of the natural, if not supernatural. These features in the workings of the human mind are likely the explanation of many tales of the supernatural. Hanyan points to the water running through the echo-enhancing chambers. If you stand at just the right spot, it sounds like a whole tour group. He said of the sound of the cave waters. And when walking alone in the cave, it almost feels like you're being followed. It works on your imagination. The area's lore and even names of many cave features, like Dante's Gateway, the Devil's Armchair, the River Styx, the Devil's Looking Glass, etc., lend themselves to stories of the supernatural. Add to the fascinating and long history of human activity at the cave, and you have the perfect ingredients for claims of the supernatural. The longer you have any attraction, like Mammoth Cave, the more you are going to have stories, Hanyan said. It creates that environment when you have all that history. So... Do you think it's haunted? With all the dead bodies they keep <laughs> fucking moving and displaying? Probably. I, yes. So I think it's haunted because of that. Bigfoot is a little, the Bigfoot stories are a little. I could see there being a giant fish in there. Giant fish, yes. Catfish grow as long as they are alive. Mm-hmm. Could be like Like a, goldfish. It could be like a uh, an anaconda, like the movie. An anaconda? Not an andaconda. No, it's an andaconda. <laughs> it's an andaconda. My andaconda. <laughs> the movie with Ice Cube and uh, J Lo in it about the snakes in Thailand. I know what you're talking about. It's anaconda, is it not? Is it? Yeah, I think so. But there's a second one. There's like six of them. So good. The one, um, the hunt for the. Blood Red Moon or something like that. That one's my favorite. Is Ice Cube in that? God, I haven't seen that movie in so long. Yes, and Owen Wilson is too. Owen Wilson is too. Okay. Yes, Anaconda, nineteen ninety-seven. What is the one? There's one that's like the hunt for the blood something. The one with the flower. Yes, it's it's the flower. The hunt for the whatever the fuck the flower name is. That one is my favorite. The blood orchid. The blood orchid. It's my favorite. So anyways, what were you saying about anacondas? I was going to say it's like that movie where because catfish continue to grow as long as they're alive. Anacondas do the same thing? Right. A lot of animals do. So like in Like that, goldfish. In, in that movie, you know, the horror aspect is, well, you know, they found the blood orchid and it makes them live forever. So that's how they're 30 feet long and they're gigantic. There could be something in that cave water making the fish live longer and creating big boys. Probably. Even though, listen, I love the Anaconda movies. They're some of my favorite movies. CGI in them is horrible. They're B-rated at I mean, it's best. 1997 too, so. But they're so great. <laughs> B-rated movies are probably some of my favorite horror movies. So anyways, that is the story of Mammoth Cave National Park I don't in think Kentucky. I don't think the Bigfoot is, but I do think that... I feel like all the people that died from TB are haunted. All the people it. that died from TB... And all the people that were... I'm curious, did they... I, I wonder if they ever went more in-depth with the whole um, Native American 
because it could have been considered either a holy site or like holy ground or it could have been considered where you would go for um oh god what's it called when they would do like spiritual journeys so you would take like ayahuasca retreats like that yeah yes where they would take magic mushrooms uh-huh. drugs stuff like that and they would go on a spiritual journey to visit their gods mm-hmm and they probably I, did that back then. And I wonder if that's what they used the cave for because when you walked in, okay. They, they said, probably also did that with the TB because they probably thought that would heal it. And it's- right, because, you know, they walked in, they're like, hey, this feels really good. And then, you know, the Americans are like, but you know what would help this? Shrooms. Drugs. <laughs> ayahuasca. <laughs> I've always wanted to do ayahuasca. Why? I don't know. Of, I've every, never, of all the drugs to do, ayahuasca, really? I've never done any drugs like that. Ayahuasca. So anyway... <laughs> I was gonna say okay. they might have they might have used it for spiritual journeys. I could see that. Yeah. Or it could be holy ground, but I feel like it'd be more preserved if it was holy ground on the Native American aspect of it. Yeah. I just think that the main thing that makes it haunted is them putting the bodies on display. It's like over they died there and over, and again. then they bury them in the church at first, and it's like okay, just leave them in the church, and then they're like, no, wait. You know what's better? Dude has a great story. We're gonna put him on display. Yeah. You don't do that. That's how you get the ghosts. They literally proved that, and they moved the body back, and it went away. <laughs> Old Lewis was like, God darn. I know. He was like, put me the fuck back. He's like, what the hell? <laughs> I'm done tour guiding. All right? Damn. Oh, my God. Okay. So, my resources for this story were bgdailynews.com, uh, nps.gov, and Wikipedia. So... That is the Mammoth Cave. I just thought it was an interesting thing because of, you know, people hearing voices and they claim it's the water and then the air is different. It'd be cool to go explore. I mean, I can see where people hearing voices are like, no, it's just the water. Because if you've ever been in a cave, the way that noise ricochets off the walls and stuff, it's it's different. And Yeah, but I've also seen The Descent, so. The Descent is such a good movie. Oh my god. And The Descent 2 is such a good movie. Right. So anyways, so that's the Mammoth Cave story and we will not see you next week, but we'll see you the next week, the week after because we're going to two every other week. So anyways, we hope that you enjoy this story and this episode. And I'm going to go deal with my retarded husband after this episode. And That's me. That is pretty much it. Okay. We'll see you next time. Have a good week. Bye. Thanks for coming to hang out with us and letting us tell you stories. Don't forget, you can find us on social media, Facebook and Instagram at 3AM Tales of Terror. You can find pictures from each episode there, as well as our website, 3, the number 3, 3AMTalesOfTerror.com. You can also subscribe with your email at our website for updates as well. If you have questions or story ideas for us, you can email us at info at 3amtalesofterror.com. If you want to support us, you can sign up to become part of our Patreon. There you will get ad-free episodes as well as bonus content. We hope you'll join us next week. And And we we hope hope you are terrified. terrified.